The Hamlet Podcast, Episode 61. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Conor Hanrity. We ended last week just as Lady Macbeth hurried off, calling to bed, to bed, to bed, to her absent husband. The play has been so full of visions that this feels rather hollow. At least with Macbeth's air-drawn dagger and Banquo's ghost, we in the audience have been in on the story and we've been able to see what the character was seeing. For Lady Macbeth, Shakespeare goes in the opposite direction, and as we've seen her now, sleepwalking and bending her eyes on vacancy, she appears all the more haunted and isolated. It's a subtle, dramatic choice, but a very good one. Even better, we've had the doctor and the gentlewoman who, like us, are forced to witness Lady Macbeth's emotional state without seeing what she's seeing. Even better, we've been here with the doctor and the gentlewoman who, like us, are forced to witness Lady Macbeth's emotional state without seeing what she's seeing. Now that she has exited, the doctor asks, Will she go now to bed? And the gentlewoman answers, Directly so we can assume that Lady Macbeth is done for the night. Again playing with subtle changes of tone and perception, Shakespeare has the doctor switch into verse here. The tension has passed. We've seen what they were here waiting to see. Things have returned to normal, quote-unquote, now that Lady Macbeth has indeed wandered from her bed and unwittingly spilled the secrets of her heart. Prose is always a sign that things are heightened or not quite right, and certainly this was the case tonight. But we do need a way out of the scene, and so the shift back into verse is an attempt towards this. The doctor says, Foul whisperings are abroad. Unnatural deeds do breed unnatural troubles. Infected minds to their deaf pillows will discharge their secrets. More needs she the divine than the physician. God, God forgive us all. Look after her. Remove from her the means of all annoyance and still keep eyes upon her. So, good night. My mind, she has mated and amazed my sight. I think, but dare not speak. The amazed doctor now confirms that he's been hearing rumours. He says, foul whisperings are abroad. The echo of foul is clever, because it's enough to remind us of many previous episodes in the play. Next, he starts what is as close to a medical diagnosis as he can offer. Unnatural deeds do breed unnatural troubles. It isn't natural to walk in your sleep confessing to high crimes, but then... It isn't natural to commit these crimes either. He gives a brilliant image here, suggesting that troubled or infected minds to their deaf pillows will discharge their secrets. People will confess their sins to their pillows in the night, knowing that nobody will hear them. Unlucky for Lady Macbeth, she's been wandering the halls in her guilty distress, and we've all heard her secrets. The doctor already told us that Lady Macbeth's disease is beyond his practice. Now he all but abandons her to a higher power, saying that Lady Macbeth needs God's forgiveness more than medical help. More needs she the divine than the physician. 
He seems almost to stumble in his thought, or perhaps he's stopping himself from saying something else when he says God twice. God. God forgive us all. There's something worth exploring there for the actor playing the doctor. Before making any more comments, he gives what little medical advice he can give. He tells the gentlewoman to look after Lady Macbeth. More importantly, he tells her to remove from Lady Macbeth the means of all annoyance. This could simply mean anything that would set her off or upset her. But given what we'll learn later in the play, it also sounds very wisely like a command to keep the Queen away from anything with which she might hurt herself. For good measure, the Doctor repeats, and still keep eyes upon her. Don't leave her alone, he's saying. Good night, he concludes, finishing his speech with a comment that Lady Macbeth has mated or confused his mind and amazed his sight. All told, for someone hearing all this for the first time, it's very shocking information. And worse, who could the doctor even tell if he wanted to? He's an employee of the Macbeths, so he would have to think rather carefully before blabbing what he's heard. Acknowledging this, he ends by saying, I think, but dare not speak. Scotland has become a very dangerous place, and surely the doctor has seen much of this danger up close. It's the gentlewoman that ends the scene with a fairly perfunctory, Good night, good doctor. But the repetition of good here also has lots of theatrical promise. She could be thanking him for his discretion, or indeed reminding the doctor that he's a good man and should do the right thing. Whatever that might be. The little bit of room for ambiguity always leaves the text fresh for interpretation. What's amazing about this scene, the first scene of the play's last act, is how great a recap it is. Other than learning that Lady Macbeth sleepwalks, we don't actually get much new information. We get a mention that Macbeth has gone into the field, so we are left to assume that Lady Macbeth is even further from his side. This ever-worsening isolation is the play's great tragedy. This remarkably well-matched couple slowly drifts apart, and Lady Macbeth goes from a very powerful, focused woman to a broken mind, talking to herself as she wanders the halls at night. Meanwhile, we've been neatly reminded of the murders of Duncan, Banquo and the entire Macduff family, teeing us up for the inevitable conflict coming our way. Do we feel sorry for the Macbeths? We've had a long scene in England that did much to bolster our sympathies for Macduff, and maybe even a little for Malcolm, but now Shakespeare faces the challenge of bringing Macbeth back on stage and making us not hate him. Never one to meet our expectations head-on, of course. He's not going to bring Macbeth back to us just yet. We have other people to meet first as we move to Act 5, Scene 2, but naturally we'll hold off to start and finish that in the next episode. Thank you, as I always say every week, for your company and for getting in touch with your questions and comments. I have to apologise that the show notes are a few weeks behind on the website, but I'll be taking advantage of a bank holiday here in Ireland this weekend and doing my best to get them all published and accessible and up to date in the coming days. They are, or will be, on the show notes page of the website, thehamletpodcast.com. 
I was also asked recently if I might consider another adventure once we finish Macbeth, and indeed if the next time we might consider a comedy. I have to confess I hadn't quite got that far, but now that I think about it, it could be a lot of fun. If you have a favourite, why not let me know? If a consensus builds, I might be swayed, but I'll probably hold on to the casting vote myself, since, of course, it is a big commitment to spend at least a year with any given play. We've about ten weeks left in Scotland, so if you're interested, have a think and do please reach out with your choices. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me then.